Today is Wednesday, December 9th. The title for our devotional is Dwelt Among Us. So we've already seen what the word means and that this word became flesh. Today we will look at John's statement that this word dwelt among us. All of these concepts will come into play throughout this series, so I figured we'd, all, we'd just hit them right off the bat. Remember the verse we are looking at, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This verse is just stuffed full of allusions to the Old Testament. We'll spend three days here and not even finish getting through all of them in this verse alone. The word John chooses for dwell is the Greek word skenao. The root of this word is used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, for the tabernacle. <laughs> Rereading what I just said, that's a crazy nerdy sentence. Basically, let me boil it down for you. In the minds of the first century readers, who were John's original audience, this would bring up a ton of connections. The tabernacle was the tent where the Ark of the Covenant rested during the Israelites' wandering period in the wilderness. God's presence was there, traveling with them as they went in the tabernacle. The tabernacle was to be located outside the camp and only Moses had access into the tent of meeting and the Levites allowed to perform the tabernacle duties. This was the precursor to the temple. So John saying that Jesus tabernacled among them would imply God's divine presence following with them in this location. Jesus dwelling among us, however, was much greater than the tabernacle or the temple. He himself in his person was the word, the presence of God who dwelt with us. For the purposes of this series, the astounding fact of the incarnation is that God chose to redeem the world by coming to dwell here in the God-man, Jesus Christ. He didn't remain on his throne in heaven expecting humans to reach his standards of holiness. No, he humbled himself, came to not only visit with us for a moment, but to dwell among us and live among us. We'll explore the application of this tomorrow and Friday as we seek to model Jesus' actions by going there and being there and dwelling among people. For additional content today, I've included a portion of a conversation John and I had about the missional church movement and about incarnational living within it. Enjoy. The missional church model, on the other hand, kind of tries to uh, change change the ministry model a little bit to say on Sunday mornings is primarily geared towards discipling Christians or the, the discipleship process and pathways of the church are largely geared towards all discipling Christians in order to grow in their faith and to go out and live among people that don't believe in Jesus in their workplace, in their neighborhoods, um, wherever they find themselves in their communities and living out their faith there and representing Christ well to those around them. So in some capacity, that's our church model, and that's kind of how we've been talking about sharing our faith and living in our community. Um, so there are a lot of good things that come with this model, and there are some negative things. So John, what are some of your, what are some of your initial thoughts on the positives of this model and some of the negative things to watch out for? Yeah, I think we, we um, 
the things I really like the model. I really think the idea that everyone everyone has a has a mission of their own, um, or has a, has a role in the mission, right? And so it's not it's not up for the pastors to do, and and my role isn't simply to invite people to the church, right? So at a like you talked about an attractional model, it's um, the the goal of the church is basically to create something that people are proud enough of and excited enough about that they invite their friends to it. And our model is is very much about equipping people to be excited enough about the gospel itself that they will they will try to share it, represent it out in the world. Um, and it, it it's very easy. I, I think it's a very common thing for for us to say right now because actual like actual direct evangelism. So actually telling people, hey, there's um, there's this there's this guy named Jesus, and you're a sinner. And you know some of those some of those you know the Romans road, some of that stuff. Um, that's really uncomfortable. Most people don't like doing it. And so I do think we lean, we definitely lean more on, and the missional um, approach definitely does more on, on just like, Hey, do good work, um, be a good representative of Christ. And they'll see that. And I do think that should still be the driver. I think that's a really good um, approach. Mm -hmm. I do think there are also times when we are supposed to directly tell people like, Hey, look, this is, you know, what we've, I don't know, we, we've built a relationship through work or however, and you're kind of asking, so I'm going to tell you why I don't think that's a good decision, and I'm going to tell you that this this Christian framework I have is why, or I'm going to tell you about um, Jesus and why I have hope in this time. Or those opportunities those opportunities do arise, mm -hmm. and if we're honest, we don't always take them. And so mm -hmm. I think I think that that is one of sometimes one of the the weaknesses of the model is is it's so easy for us to just just say like ah they'll just see how I live, and eventually they're going to like ask the question, mm -hmm. and then I just like have to like send a group text with my pastor in it and they'll take it from there or something. I don't know. But, um, but at the same time, it, it, there's so much, there's so much that I love about it. And so one of it, it's, I'd say maybe the most missional thing about, about our heart as a church is our desire to be locationally in the heart of what's happening in our community. Cause we want to be a part of transforming our community for the gospel. And so, um, our, our church building process of buying a warehouse in the downtown area. There are plenty of churches who do it. It's not like we're the only people to ever do it, but it isn't, it isn't the easiest way to, to build a building, a church building when you need a bigger space. Um, and it's, um, there's a lot more hoops to jump through with the city. There's, there's a lot of sort of inefficiencies there. There's also some really good things and some reasons that on the back end of it, we're glad we did it. But the main one is it's, it's more than strategy. It's values. It's, it's the simple value of we want to be a presence in our community um, in a way that, that we'll be missed if, if, if we weren't there, like people will know like, gosh, how much has changed since those guys got here and they can see that. And so that heart is there, um, to just be, to be close, to be in proximity with the people that we're trying to reach with the message of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that heart has been there from the beginning. And that's probably the, the single biggest way that it's played out. I think we, um, we continue to, to try to equip people to do, to basically do that same thing to do that same proximity thing and that presence thing in their own context, in their workplace or um, with their neighbors or, or whatever it is. You kind of mentioned it with our church building. And I think that's something that we need to, we need to think about when we apply on an individual level too, is what spaces are we willing to go to? Um, where are we willing to live? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that is our, our choices of uh, where we live, the organizations, the things that we are involved in, on a regular basis, do they reflect that we are willing to go there, um, that we're willing to go to places that many, many people may not want to. And I think at the theological level, the heart of it is because that's precisely what Jesus did. 
Jesus came here and his, his place in heaven is better. Um, this is worse. He disadvantaged himself in order to come to earth in order to redeem it and to bring transformation. And he did so not by, um, not by just coming here and saying, hey, everybody, come, come check me out. He came here and in his life and his ministry, he still went to where people are. When I think that I think one of the really hard reflections for people in our context, and so what I mean when I say our context is um, a very white collar context. I, we're, our, we're a pretty white collar church in a in a relatively white collar community. Um, there's a decent amount of affluence, and um, when if you if if people reflect on their actual goals for their life versus Jesus's descent from heaven are, are sometimes the way our goal set up. It's, it's more of an, an ascent. Um, and with that ascent, so I'm talking about wealth and, and, and what we're able to do become, becomes like you, you earn the right to not have to be around people as much. That's just, you know, so if you, if you, um, for a lot of people, if they're honest, if, if we reach all our financial goals, we're going to be, we're not going to be in one place for a decent part of the year. And, um, we're not going to have neighbors who we can actually ever see, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be a lot more secluded than that. And then we're going to spend three months here and we're going to travel. We're going to do this and we're going to be up North on the weekend or whatever it is. And, um, so I think there's, it's really, it's tough and it's, it's not easy, but I do think there's, there's some reflection that needs to happen around some of those ideas. Are we, are we trying to create a life where we actually won't be present in any one place? And is that what God would call us to do? Uh, God who sent Jesus from heaven to earth, not because there wasn't another way for him to save earth. God could have done it another way. He chose this incarnational thing. And, um, and I think sometimes in our context, we see, we see those things as, as a necessity of not having the means to graduate past them, right? And so I think that's, um, that's something we really have to examine. Am I trying, if I hit all my goals, will I, will, I have, will I have an incarnational relationship with anybody in 10 years besides my own family, right? Mm-hmm. Will, I be, will I be present anywhere in a way that I can actually um, know people and be known by people? Um, and I think that that gets... I th- that's undervalued in, in our kind of in our context. Yeah. The other thing to think about too, is the um, desire for us to go, to go there. Like, I, I don't know how to say it, but go to spaces where um, are not as luxurious. They're not as convenient, um, but or they're not as wealthy perhaps and living in those communities and interacting and engaging in those communities and, and just being willing to be in those environments where uh, we may not have as many privileges as we had before. We may not have access to as many things that we had before, but or there may be more just even annoyances or more, more distractions, um, more problems that arise. But in some cases, when, we're, when we see what Jesus did and how he came to earth, I think that should inspire us to be willing to at least, at least, open, be open to the possibility that if God calls you into a community, into a neighborhood or into a ministry opportunity to be willing to go there and be willing to be in relationship with, with people who may really disadvantage you or who may, it may be more of a, it, 
it may become a chore and it may be, it'll make life more difficult, but maybe it's worth it to go there sometimes. Yeah. And I think that that's, that is a temptation too for churches, um, churches whose values aren't, aren't really mission, missionally grounded can have like a, you can basically turn into like this lifestyle co-op where it's like, look, basically what we're doing is we can pool our resources and we can use them for church stuff, use them for the programs we like, but we can also use them for a coffee shop, you know, and, and, uh, we can use them for, or like basically a, a, a youth center that's, that's super, like it's a fun zone essentially. Mm-hmm. And now we like all of these things that our family would want out mm-hmm. of a community. If we just, if we can just pull the resources here with enough people with some money mm-hmm. and some, some savvy, we can, we can replicate all of that stuff that the, that, that, that ha- our city has, but then we don't have to be around those people anymore. Right. You know? So right. like, well, you know, why go to the public pool? Mm-hmm. Cause if, if the, the 20 of us can just, we can just build a pool here. Let's just right. have one at our church. Right? right. Or, you know, like that's, that's an extreme example, but that mm-hmm. really is the mindset that goes into a lot of, um, that goes, that a lot of Christians have, they, mm-hmm. the, you know, so, um, they don't want to be isolationist in the sense that they want to be like super lame and not watch Netflix, but they do want to be isolationist in the, in the sense that it's like, yeah, but like, you know, that, that place is kind of crowded and I know all you guys and, and it would be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So that heart still exists in, and that, not even that heart, but that temptation still exists inside all of us right. to say like, all right, we got a group of people that we really love and trust here. And let, maybe we should just call it good with this group, you know, and then we can raise our kids and, uh, and, um, we can, it, well, maybe it's a school, maybe it's a youth group, maybe it's a whatever thing that they need right now. We'll just do that thing, you know, um, versus, um, versus being present in those, in those things in your community. Um, and it's not always just being present, being present in what is already there. Isn't always just a way to make new disciples. It, it's also a part of the disciple that you are being made into by, by making those decisions to live incarnately the way that Jesus did. Reflection time today. I like to imagine this concept of Jesus dwelling among us as Jesus carrying a little temple, a little symbol of God's presence around everywhere he went. I don't know if that helps you, but it kind of helps me. Then think of it as the church being a little temple that carries God's presence around as well. And you, as a part of the church, carrying that temple with you and God's presence wherever you go. In this concept, there is nowhere you are not carrying the presence of God with you. I also like to imagine God's presence as light. Imagine your neighborhood illuminated with God's presence with your home as the epicenter. Imagine your workplace illuminated with God's light, with your desk as the center. Imagine this light going with you to the gym, to the grocery store, to the park with your kids. Everywhere you go, imagine God's presence illuminating darkness through you.